Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Four Center Studios, which are in the center of the galaxy, this is Spotlight Star Wars. Episode 26, but the first one here on the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuck. We're titling this episode Trailer Afterglow. 
I'm a little run down this week. It's been a long week. I'm sorry if my voice sounds like uh, some sort of uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. I sound very much like I'm sick. But I'm uh, not so much sick as I'm just worn down from work. And being a Star Wars fan this week, being a Star Wars fan this week was actually kind of a, a chore in a good way. It was good work if you can get it. What a week to be a Star Wars fan, and uh, so glad that many of you helped make Force Center podcast feed, the Force Center podcast feed, um, so successful in its first week. Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw and I are very happy, very thrilled that you guys are long for the adventure uh, that we kind of started uh, at a, I, I always say as a, as a lark, but really what had happened was, uh, and at the formation of uh, Jedi Alliance on the Popcorn Talk Network and originally the Schmoes No Network, um, I uh, I wanted a different name for the show than Jedi Alliance. When Maude Garrett and I were creating that show, uh, we by the time I should say by the time Maude had got, been brought in by me to uh, create the show, and I was like, I want this wonderful fan to uh, build this empire with. Um, the name had already been given to us. There was actually a couple different names in the works, and uh, we we were given that name. And I, th I think I've said it before, but uh, was never overly thrilled with the name Jedi Alliance. Just kind of didn't make some sense. Uh, didn't make sense to me. Were we a bunch of Jedi's meeting? Um, I wanted something a little bit more, and I had pitched different names. Uh, there was one name uh, Mod and I had uh, wanted really bad, which wasn't the greatest name, but it was our favorite name, and that was Inside the Tauntaun's Belly. Um, that uh, might show up later on on the Force Center podcast feed as another show. Who knows? But a name along the way that I had always kind of wanted to name a Star Wars show was Force Center. Obviously, a takeoff of Sports Center. I'm sure ESPN will sue me at some point. Um, but Force Center was the name I always had. And then uh, when I knew it was time for me to leave Jedi Alliance, I'd been forming a friendship with Joseph Scrimshaw through his appearances on the show and after I'd met him about a year ago at Kamikaze, uh, which is uh, actually coming up this uh, week. And uh, Joseph and I be, become fast friends, and he's an amazing, wonderful uh, uh, man and a great Star Wars fan and very knowledgeable, very insightful. So anyways, long story short, the Force Center name kind of came back up, and I said, i got to get it out there. And uh, maybe, uh, Joseph, you can help me, and we can build this brand and, and uh, just get our little piece of the Star Wars media discussion pie. And uh, that is where we are, and now uh, it's starting as the Force Center podcast feed, as you all uh, have heard so far, and then we've, uh, we have... Have, uh, various shows. We have the Force Center main show. Uh, Joseph's going to have his own show he's working on developing now, uh, as I announced on uh, uh, the first edition of, of Force Center proper. Uh, Jennifer Landa is going to be joining the uh, ranks of our uh, little uh, alliance here uh, with her own show coming soon. It is a great idea for a show. Uh, like I said, it's a journalistic approach. Um, that she's going to have, and also she'll be uh, appearing, in, and, and the ranks will probably still keep growing. I know a lot of people who know a lot about Star Wars and want to celebrate it and explore it and discuss it, and uh, I'm very open about the fact that there are uh, the, the the market is flooded on Star Wars shows. Uh, this day and age, you can get a microphone, get GarageBand, and you could have your own Star Wars show. That's sometimes a good thing. That's sometimes a bad thing. Um, just because you have a microphone doesn't mean you should be broadcasting, but uh, that's uh, for another discussion on a different time. I start sounding like a grumpy grandpa when I get that way. But there's a lot out there, and there's a lot to choose from, and, and I'm glad if you're listening that you're along for this journey. Uh, this is a, a positive environment. We even like the prequels. We do. 
we actually do here at Force Center. Um, there's some things about them we don't like, for, sh- for sure. Um, I saw one comment on the iTunes feed of someone attacking Joseph and I for uh, not uh, for hating the prequels, which is odd because Joseph Scrimshaw is known in the Star Wars media discussion uh, universe as being the guy who defends the prequels. So, uh, anyways, uh, that also makes uh, reminds me that we are on iTunes now. You can subscribe to Force Center on iTunes, rate and review if you will, please. Uh, it was a great time to start a Star Wars podcast feed uh, this week because of the poster and then the trailer. And because of that, we reached number one in TV and film on Pod- Podomatic and are uh, pretty high uh, overall on uh, all of Podomatic's uh, podcasts. That's actually number five overall in their daily podcast rankings. Now, it's not iTunes. It doesn't mean as much. But anytime a number one is associated with something you create, that's a great thing. Anytime you can say, we are number one, all else are number two or lower – uh, quote from Mystery Men, of course. Um, that's a good thing, and I, but that's only because of you guys. We're putting stuff out there. We're opening up the uh, blast doors for you guys to come on in and uh, enjoy Star Wars with us on this uh, great time uh, to be Star Wars fans. And uh, I want to thank you all. Spotlight Star Wars, this is episode 26, the first here on this feed. Spotlight Star Wars, for those who may not have heard, came uh, shortly before I uh, knew I had to leave Jedi Alliance. I, I knew I, I still wanted to be talking Star Wars somewhere, so I created this little uh, monologue uh, for me to you about Star Wars. It's free form. I generally don't plan much. I have a little bit of an idea, but I just turn on the microphone and go, hearkening back to my old radio days, and I get to talk Star Wars with you guys. Um, and uh, we had 25 good episodes, and now we're moving it over here, and uh, you can follow, uh, that was on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, so if you want to catch up on the previous 25, if you haven't had the chance to, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or Podomatic and get the other episodes of uh, Spotlight Star Wars. And Force Center will be on Stitcher at some point. I just got to take the RS feed and apply for it on Stitcher. Seems easy, right? But when you're busy and you're moving and shaking in a Star Wars world, that's hard to do. Let's dive into the show. Trailer Afterglow is the title. We were all there Monday night for the world premiere of the final and only, uh, in truth, theatrical trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. We reacted. We broke it down. You can also see my reaction and breakdown over on uh, Screen Junkies. So we didn't do a reaction video. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a giant fan of reaction videos where you set up a camera and you, uh, and you tape yourself reacting to it. Uh, not that they don't create great moments and not that some very close friends of mine don't do them themselves. I just personally, it's not my uh, favorite thing to watch. I'd rather just watch the trailer again and again and again, which is what I've done. But I did break it down, and I was one of those people that freeze-frame things. One minute, 39 seconds into the trailer, we see what a very much appears to be Mandalorian, a Mandalorian symbol. Uh, 145, Daisy Ridley's character Ray is over a dead body or a body that very much looks like uh, Chewbacca or at least someone in a furry jacket. These are all things that I loved to break down and analyze on the trailer. But I definitely did it ad, ad nauseum, as I did. I think everyone did. But that's part of the fun of this. And as we are uh, coming out of the, the trailer week, um, there's still this afterglow. It is still something you're talking about. I wore Star, Star Wars shirts most of the week this week at work. I carried around my Kylo Ren mug. I'm listening to music on my uh, iPhone when I work out in my Captain Phasma headphones that I picked up at LAX. Me and Joseph were broadcasting uh, Wednesday night. I'm broadcasting now. I'm not done talking about Star Wars. Um, I am powering through the Marvel comics. I got a little bit behind in reading all the new Marvel canon comics. 
this morning. That's what I've been doing. Um, not done talking Star Wars, man. But it, it is. Uh, we are all in the afterglow of the trailer. And how great was that moment? Not the trailer itself. The trailer was great. At least I think it was. And I hope you think it was too. But how great was just that day, just that moment. When you wake up that day, when you woke up on Monday the 19th and you knew it was Star Wars trailer day. It was coming, and and it was exciting. It was like, and the tweets were happening, and the anticipation. It was like the world was coming together. Yes, it's uh, it's Triton trifle stuff. We're all coming together for a space movie, but that's part of the fun of the human existence. Is we all sometimes just want to gather up around the virtual fire and share in the joy. And that trailer delivered. Again, we broke it down. We're not going into the breakdown of the trailer here, but that moment. That two minutes of just pure joy and then seeing it, just sharing it with the world, whether it be hashtags or tweets or Facebook posts or Instagram posts or Snapchats or anything, Periscopes, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to, uh, however you chose to celebrate globally the Star Wars trailer, uh, it was great. It was just fun to be just a part of something so big, so global. Um, and um, as Star Wars fans, it, w- it was uh, the trailer... Uh, I think it was a little reward for us, a little reward for our faith over the last uh, three years in, in Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. And I think they're very much aware of it. So uh, still be proud. I'm still, that you know, there was a little bit of Star Wars fever pitch and that can sometimes turn to illness uh, when that fever uh, gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Is there a lot of Star Wars out there? If you're not a Star Wars fan, I get it. You're probably sick of it. I get it. I'm like that with Marvel. I'm like that with other things. Uh, But this is my bag, man. Star Wars is my bag. And I'm so glad many of you out there are enjoying it with me. The next thing is the release. I don't think we're going to get anything else. I hope we don't get anything else. Um, It's the release of the movie. And do you have your tickets? I loved hearing all the stories of uh, friends of mine and friends of friends who, uh, after failing to get the tickets online because uh, the internet broke, um, I I loved that so many people I know actually were just like, huh, I'm going to walk down to the theater. And they walked up, no lines. I know five to six to seven people in my close circle that just went to the theater didn't worry about the internet, the websites, and all that stuff. They just went to the theater and easily purchased tickets for opening day or night and prime time seating. It was kind of funny. And this day and age of uh, technology, this day and age of of uh, ease of access and uh, purchasing with one click and social media and the world's the world is so small now. The act of simply walking to a theater to buy tickets. Um, that's that's what came out in the end. It's kind of like Return of the Jedi. The Ewoks will overcome all the technology. In 1999, I waited in line for hours in Winneka, California. Got off work about 2 a.m., drove over to the theater. The line was already large, but I got down, I hunkered down, and I uh, got heat exhaustion by the time the tickets were on sale. And, but I waited in line, and I got my tickets, uh, and that was fun. I'll never do that again, but it was fun. Um, I've got some, some tickets. I didn't have opening night tickets. I was too busy working Monday covering Star Wars to actually get the tickets. But thanks to my good friend Matt Key and his wonderful wonderful fiance uh, Brittany Wallach, looks like I'm going opening night. And then I have 
some tickets on Saturday. That's right. I purchased weekend tickets because I figured you all going to see it Friday night. But you all going to want to see it again. And now I have six tickets in prime real estate on Saturday to see it and have enough time to go have some dinner and then maybe see it again. I've set no goals, some people ask me. Ken, how many times are you going to see it? I don't know. I set no goals. Phantom Menace I saw eight times in the theater. Attack of the Clones, I think it was like five or six in the theater. Revenge of the Sith, memory's trying to serve me well, but I think Revenge of the Sith I'd only, I only saw two or three times in the theater. And I think it was more too. And it wasn't so, and I think that's the best of the bunch, but uh, there were some malaise by then. It was like, I'm not going to go through this again. Phantom Menace, eight times in the theater. The last one was a digital print, back when digital prints were like something like, oh, let's check this out and see how this looks. Um, eight times in the theater. Uh, yeah, I was trying to convince myself that I was experiencing something that I wasn't actually experiencing. Though, like I said, here on the Force Center podcast feed, we look at the prequels with more of a positive eye than others might. Um, but Phantom Menace, at the time especially, it was like, no, that was great. It was great. It was totally great. It was best. I'm going to go see it again. You want to see it again? Who wants to? And, I, and, and the first few times I saw it, it was uh, the first time I saw Phantom Menace was a group of good friends of mine. Um, the next time it was a couple friends of mine. And the next one was like a friend or two. And then by the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and definitely by the eighth, I was all alone seeing the Phantom Menace. It was just me, myself, and my hopes and dreams for a good Star Wars film. So uh, I'm going to see uh, Force Awakens with friends. Uh, even if I do get into some press screenings, if they're going to do that, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get that. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. I kind of feel like I'm cheating on y'all. I'm going to go out and see it early if I can, if they, uh, Disney's even going to do that. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. Um, either way, but um, even if that happens, I'm still going to want to go see it with the people I love and the people I hold most dear who are Star Wars fans. What a way to experience it. I want to say uh, thank you to a very special fan and friend of the show who's been a great supporter of my work here on First and Apsock Files podcast feed and now here over at Force Center, Darren Height and his wife, Misty. Uh, Darren goes, uh, you can find him at Darren underscore Height. Quantum Multiverse is his uh, Twitter name. He's always been so nice in tweeting out the show the moment it hits and, and helping spread the word. And he... Uh, he found me on my Facebook fan page, um, uh, the professional page, uh, Ken Napsuck on Facebook, and he wrote me, and he says, hey, I don't mean to be uh, be weird about it, I don't mean to be up front, but I'd like an address for you. Uh, my wife and I are such a fan of what you do, and, and as a token of our appreciation, we'd like to send you a little care package. Um, and now I have an address to send some to, so I gave it to him. Uh, I have a work, uh, work address, and um, uh, they, Darren and Misty, sent out a little care package with a lot of heart and uh it was um it was very uh, humbling to receive something um uh for just talking into a microphone about star wars um he sent me some empire strikes back trading cards um the old uh tops cards and are they tops wait are they tops yeah they're tops they're not donruss they're not fleer i'll tell you that much um but a great little uh collection of uh, these uh, Empire Strikes Back trading cards, which includes Slave One. Here, here, here's what we got in this pack here, they said. Imperial Star Destroyer, Rebel Armored Snowspeeder, Slave One, TIE Bomber, Rebel Transport. Ah, oh, yes, the Rebel Transport and the Millennium Falcon and the Star Destroyer Avenger. And the Twin Pod Cloud Car, one of the underrated vehicles in the Star Wars universe, I think. And, and uh, simply TIE Fighter. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He also sent me a classic Kenner Neenum action figure, which I appreciate very much. Neenum is one of my favorite characters. It's a weird road how, uh, to how he became one of my favorite characters. Neenum, for years, was a punchline in one of my uh, stand-up comedy bits um, about why I couldn't have a healthy social interaction with a female. It's somehow tied back to Neenum. That's all I'll say. You can look, up, look it up on YouTube somewhere. Um, so Neenum's kind of become a character that I had a little special place in my heart because I used to get so many laughs from using his name, from invoking his name. And also, a lot of times, no laughs because it was uh, didn't translate to some audiences. Um, and so uh, then uh, in Jedi Alliance, Neenum, uh, Mod Garrett, for whatever reason, just hates Neenum with all of her passion. And there's a lot of passion inside that wonderful woman. Uh, but she hates Neenum. So I love Neenum. And it became a thing. Then I got a Neenum shirt. Like I have a bunch of other uh, Neenum figures uh, from more recent batches of releases. But this is a uh, classic Kenner. 
It is uh, outside the uh, package, but uh, that is even better because I can hold it in my hands and I can display Neenum proudly. So there's that, a little Ewok playing piece in a uh, Jedi Master quiz book, which I actually have this somewhere in storage, Darren. I don't know where it is, but you give me, uh, you have a, a copy. This is a, written by Rusty Miller, uh, a kid in Florida. He was 11 years old in Florida when he wrote this book. And uh, my copy somewhere, I don't have it anymore, actually has the answers that I wrote as a child. Uh, a comic book, a Star Wars comic book, uh, number 24 from the original Marvel, Marvel line. All new, untold tale, Ben Kenobi fights alone. I showed this to Joseph Scrimshaw and he laughed. He said, this is, look at the, there's a guy with like a knife, a dagger, some blasters. Obi-Wan's got like purple robes on, a green shirt. It's like it was a wild time in Star Wars landscape because you could just kind of do what you want and kind of create what you want. And then the last thing in the uh, package that Darren and his wife Misty sent out to me is something that I, again, I actually have a copy. But again, it's buried in storage and it is uh, something that I've had since I was about eight years old. And I, uh, I have it, uh, I have it somewhere and it has my name again written in it, like eight year old scribble, Kenny Knapsack's book. Um, but it's so dog eared. Some of the pages are ripped. Um, and I'm very, very, very overjoyed that now I have my copy is a pretty much near mint condition of a magazine released in 1983 from Lucasfilm Limited, uh, all rights reserved. Um, it is Star Wars Return of the Jedi, official collector's edition magazine. And this this magazine is very, 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 I'm going to underline it again, very important to my Star Wars fandom. And I'm so glad that I have a uh, new, fresh copy uh, there, um, Darren and Misty, uh, because... As a child, um, you know, I was so drawn into the Star Wars universe, like many of you, if you're listening. Um, but what expanded and what helped expand my love of it and, and how it became more than just a movie I enjoyed and became a property that I could crawl up into and something that inspired me and maybe uh, maybe sent me on to Hollywood, even though um, at the time I wanted to be the next George Lucas and a writer and director, and my career's gone a different path, but... Um, you know, Star Wars definitely inspired my creative path in, in, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of things across many boards. And this little magazine actually had something to do with that, actually a great part to do with that. Because it wasn't just a – and it isn't just a magazine of um, of uh, Star Wars. It's got uh, Return of the Jedi. It's got pictures and everything. But it's, it's, it's a um, – but it's an actual, it's a behind-the-scenes book, a little magazine. So it's got great pictures from the movie, but it's also got concept art. And it's also got uh, interviews with Ben Burtt and Richard Marquand, the director of Return of the Jedi. And, and uh, it's got interviews with uh, Howard uh, Kazan Kazanjian, uh, sorry, the producer of uh, the movie. And it's got uh, pictures of Phil Tippett. Uh, making uh, Admiral Akbar's mask. It's got behind-the-scenes stuff. It's got the Rancor monster um, maquette. It's got the concept of uh, the Ewoks. It's got uh, an ATSD uh, as, as it's prepped for shot, um, a model of the shuttle Tidarium. It's got a great picture, one of my favorite all-time pictures of George Lucas in a uh, yellow pullover uh, sweater vest um, inspecting the uh, not-yet-completed Death Star model, and he's, like, pointing in the center of it. And uh, it's stuff like this in this magazine that expanded my 
my uh, my love of Star Wars beyond just what I was seeing on the movies and how they made movies and what it was and how to prep them and how to just tell stories over um, over uh, the course of uh, several movies and how do you build that and obsessed with the the model making and the behind the scenes footage and how do you make movies remember I was 8 when I had this book so this uh, this little book this little magazine the return of the jedi official collector's edition if any of you out there, whether you be young or old fans, can grab a copy somehow through eBay or the Internet, uh, um, do it. Do it. And it's got a great cover. It's just stark wide. It's got the Return of the Jedi um, font, um, but not the logo, so to speak. And it's got a picture that uh, you was making the rounds back then. And it has got uh, what looks like the Death Star, but a completed Death Star orbiting a planet. And it's a lightsaber, but it's kind of a generic, it's possibly blue, but really it's generic. And these hands are holding it. And they're kind of, I mean, I look now, they're they're not as skeletal as I thought as a kid, but they're kind of like these thin, maybe wispy, old, almost alien-looking hands at quick glance. Um, and it just got nothing else on the cover. You don't know whose hands those are. It doesn't say it's Luke, Obi-Wan, Yoda. It doesn't say. It's just an old picture, and it always... I always would look at that, and I would infer as a child that this was some other Jedi. This is from those Clone Wars we heard about that Obi-Wan mentioned ages ago from the forgotten time. This was like someone else in my my imagination as an eight-year-old kid. I'd just stare at that cover and uh, dream of a giant, fully functional Star Wars universe, which is what we are, of course, getting now with the Marvel comics and the novels and the books. I'm a few chapters into Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It's very good. Hope to finish it soon and we can talk about it here. But we're getting it. We're got, we have this expanding, officially expanding Star Wars universe um, that as a child, my gosh, I, if you had told me, eight-year-old Kenny holding this official collector's edition Return of the Jedi magazine, if you could, if you would tell me then that don't worry, you're gonna have an entire universe to swim in, that's all approved by Lucasfilm, and it all counts, meaning you have to soak up every aspect of it. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. The excitement, um, the excitement was uh, would, would have been too much back then. Um, let's take some questions. I apologize if my voice sounds weak. I'm feeling self-conscious this week. I'm worn down, but I I wanted to get you guys a spotlight Star Wars edition on the Force Center podcast feed um if you're new again at ken knapsack is my twitter handle at force center pod is the feeds twitter handle follow it and go to force center pod you can do it on my twitter feed as well but uh, hashtag spotlight star wars spell it out complete spotlight star wars when you hashtag that i will click on it and I will find some questions that maybe we uh, have time to answer for. And I want to do that this week for you guys, the fans. Um, and thank you for making this podcast feed very successful in its first week. Some questions. Aiden underscore installation 04 says, who is Poe Dameron? And that's a great question. Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac, uh, portraying him in up, uh, upcoming movies here, not just The Force Awakens, um, is an intriguing character. We see him a lot, but yet very little in the trailers. It's very clear that Ray and Finn, Boyega and Ridley, are, are going to be in, in, in the front and center of the new Star Wars trilogy. Um, but who is Poe Dameron? He's very key. And we don't know much about him unless, and this is a slight spoiler if you don't like backstory, but it's not going to spoil anything from The Force Awakens that we know of. But if you're reading Marvel's Shattered Empire comic... Shara 
and Kess Damron, I believe I'm saying the names right. I think Shara goes by a different name, even though a uh, different last name, uh, even though they're married. Shara and Kess Damron are married, and they have a young son named Poe. And both, especially Shara, factor greatly into the Shattered Empire comic line right now for Marvel. And in fact, she's interacted with Princess Leia. She's interacted with Luke Skywalker pretty directly. And uh, at the end of uh, this issue that I just picked up, I think that's issue four. Again, if you don't want to know, if you haven't read ahead, I'm not spoiling giant plot things, but there is a certain planet. There's a certain planet that is involved in the story. It shows up. It's almost like a cameo. The planet has a cameo. But it involves Poe and his mom and dad and gives us an insight maybe into his upbringing. And it actually was something that Oscar Isaac said at Comic-Con during the Star Wars panel. So you can find it there. But uh, we now know what planet Poe is from, which could also mean that it's maybe some of the shots we're seeing in the trailer of what planet it is. I won't say the planet exactly right now. You can read that and find out yourself, and some of you I know are waiting. So, Aiden, who is Poe Dameron? Is he good or bad? Is he part of the Resistance? Is he a secret First Order agent? We don't know. A lot of theories. But I think Poe Dameron's already an underrated character, which is kind of cool, because that means he might uh, he might surprise you when the movie finally hits theaters. Michael Conradical at boredom underscore ensues. He's been tweeting in a lot, and I appreciate it, Michael. As I said before, your last name. I don't care if I'm saying it wrong. Maybe I'm saying it right. But I love that name. Um, you, uh, he asks, are you being facetious, or there is there actually a thing as Star Wars coffee creamer? I've mentioned it in a couple of shows and uh, on Alicia Malone's movie uh, Malone's movie minute podcast when we talked about Star Wars. Yes, there is, Michael. Star Wars themed coffee creamer. It's available for purchase at your favorite grocery store, um, and comes in many characters. The my favorite one, I I don't have it yet, but it is Chewbacca. So if you'd like to pour some coffee creamer from Chewbacca's mouth into your coffee cup, you can do it. It is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Emilio Escobar A at Dental Boy seventy two says it's strange that here in Latin America, Episode Seven will premiere December seventeenth at twelve oh five. A.M. I have my ticket, by the way. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Emilio, what's strange about it? This is a world event, right? I am happy, Emilio, that you are getting to see it early. Don't spoil it. Don't tweet it to me. But I'm glad you get to experience early. And that speaks to just how fun it is to be a Star Wars fan. It's so global, but it also speaks to the global markets and why it's important that Oscar Isaac uh, and John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, a female character, and Captain Phasma, a female character, BB-8, a female character, and Oscar Isaac, uh, who's got some Latin blood in him. And why it's important, this time around especially, in this global world, uh, to have characters of different backgrounds. But I do hope that we get some straight-up white English bad guys in First Order Officer Outfits. I know we have General Hux, but I want some more. I do want some of those. That's kind of a Star Wars tradition, right? Am I wrong there? Emilio, enjoy your early uh, viewing of Episode 7. Some other things. Um, Tristan Shields, Grand Moff Shields on Twitter. uh, Spotlight Star Wars, yes. In the new Force Awakens trailer, we see a lot of X-Wings. Seems like that's all we get. No A-Wings or Y-Wings. Hashtag ship diversity. Ship diversity is something we all should be concerned about. 
But don't worry, Tristan, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of different ships. As Joseph Scrimshaw pointed out on the first official episode of Force Center, this entire movie seems to have been marketed by only a few parts of the movie, maybe first and second act stuff. We're not getting a lot of third act. We're not getting the full picture yet. So I'm sure there's going to be some other ships out there for us to purchase. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some modern A-wings. I'd love to see a Y-wing. I'm Team Y-wing, as you all know. I think the Resistance definitely understands the importance of having different classes of ships. But great point, Tristan. Dennis at Rod Maniac says, Will using the Starkiller base to destroy Yavin 4 be Kylo Ren's first step in finishing what Vader started? Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk about Yavin 4. Um, Yavin 4 um, very much factors into the Star Wars story. It's where the Rebels hit out and launch their attack on the first Death Star. Uh, it's very key in expanded universe literature. Yeah, I know it's not canon. But it's very key in expanded universe uh, um, literature because the Evan Four is a lot of a lot of times uh, Luke or his Jedi or his new Jedi Academy, but they head back there, and there's a lot of stuff on that planet. It's kind of a mysterious planet, uh, a lot of force flowing around there. Uh, if, if, from my point of view, it could be completely wrong. Uh, and again, you should read the comics. The Evan Four is key. So if Kylo Ren truly is finishing what Vader started. Could Yavin 4 have something to do with it? Could Star Killer, that base that looks like a modern Death Star, could that be used to destroy Yavin 4? Uh, we do see a shot of Poe Dameron being tortured, screaming into what looks like a planet being to destroyed. I know a lot of people are concerned that that Star Killer base, or what, what we think is the Star Killer base, I also heard it, it has to do with that snow planet too. Um, I believe that's been revealed as well. But that, that device, that big monstrosity on the poster, it does look like a Death Star. Are we going to have a case of lather, rinse, repeat? I hope not. I hope it's a little different. But at the same time, if we First Order goes, hey, we're going to build another big base, I mean, all right. It's called Star Killer. It's not a Death Star now. Now it's a Star Killer. I'm fine with that. I'm not, I'm not as concerned with that as others. Um, but could this be used to destroy any planet? And could Yavin 4 be in it? And what would that mean to Star Wars fans to see Yavin 4 go up and explode? People talk about Han maybe dying and, and crying, or Chewie maybe dying and crying, or C-3PO, R2-D2 dying, and we're all crying. But what about in Force Awakens if you're sitting there and Yavin 4 goes up and explodes and goes away? Yavin 4 is a special place in a lot of people's hearts. I wouldn't like to see that. In a good way. I'm saying that as a fan, I'd be upset emotionally if I was to see Yavin 4. Good question, Dennis. Good question. Patrick Barman says, uh, Spotlight Star Wars. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Do you think we'll see Leia use the Force? That's a good question. Uh, you all have good questions. But, Patrick, that's a particularly good question because at the end of Return of the Jedi, we're led to believe that, look, there is another Skywalker. There is another hope. The, the Jedi aren't going to die out. There's two Skywalkers with Force powers. But everything we're seeing now, and we've seen very little of Princess Leia, um, which, again, uh, could, you could read into that as you, as you may, but um, then I'm hearing that's her voice at the end of the trailer. It doesn't sound like Carrie Fisher, but I'm hearing from different sources that that is her saying the Force is calling to you. Just let it in. Well, it means she does have an understanding of the Force. That's sir, certain. But it doesn't appear that she's become a Jedi. And again, 
Again, the Force is awakening, which men means the Force was asleep. Force was away. If Han is saying, hey, all those things are true, the dark side, the Jedi, it's all true, that means the people that are asking, what we presume is Finn and Rey, grew up in a world where that stuff wasn't around again. So if Leia still has the Force, and still tapped into the Force, I should say, it's very clear she hasn't been very public in using it. Otherwise, they would know. And if Luke's gone away, or he's a broken shell of what he used to be, or he's something else, the Force is gone. The Force is awakening. I agree with Joseph Scrimshaw's theory that this movie is about the Force sitting around, kind of going, it's enough, enough, I'm awake, and I need to be talked to. I need some attention. The Force, it's a living Force, don't forget so will we see Leia use the Force? I'm guessing in some fashion, yes, Patrick. But not the way that we would have thought at the end of Return of the Jedi. Hannah Francis at, at uh, the Hannah Badger. Hannah Francis, uh, who has a great picture of a Mandalorian helmet in her uh, Twitter profile picture. She tweets Spotlight Star Wars at Force Center Pod. Thank you. At Ken Apsock, what do you think made the trailer so effective? Again, uh, I don't want to break it down here, but I, I think that's a good question, Hannah, about what made it so effective is it was uh, like with the teasers. It is the old, it is the new, it is acknowledging subtly that what came before in the late 90s and early 2000s may have let you down as a fan. But don't worry, we got these things here. Take a look at this. Take a look at that. It's your Star Wars. It's the Star Wars you love. And then you got Han, you got Chewie, and they're telling you, we're home. All of us are home. And here you are now. You got Han looking to the youths, the crazy youths of the galaxy, and really he's looking at the young fans saying, we were there before, and it was all true. And he's saying to us as fans, everything you heard, it's, it's still good. And we're going to take you on that journey. And the Force, Star Wars, as a whole... It's calling to all you fans. That's what I think this is about. This is about Disney, Lucasfilm, Abrams, Kennedy, all Kasdan. Let's not forget Larry Kasdan. All those people behind this movie saying, it's time. You're back. You are in the warm embrace of Star Wars. And that is what that trailer and the teasers before it have done so well. And that to me is the most effective thing other than what we've seen. It has created this feeling, listeners and Hannah for asking this question, it's created a feeling that we're safe, we're home, and that force thing, it is calling to us as well. Final question that I'll take today, and I'll take more on the other episodes. Matt Burnt at 79 underscore design says, anyone else think the new Death Star, which we believe to be Starkiller, looks like Unicron? So hashtag Star Wars Force Awakens, Spotlight Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, that is... Uh, an excellent point. For those who do not know who Unicron is, and Matt has a great side-by-side -side picture. Unicron is from the very famous, one of my favorite movies as a child, Star Wars, uh, excuse me, uh, Transformers animated movie, which came out in 1996. And Unicron was this big, giant, Death Star-looking planet with horns coming out, and there's a center, like, eye-looking thing, and there's all these, like, protrusions um, uh, coming out the top, the bottom, it was this planet-sized robot, basically, and it was like a planet eater. It would destroy everything in its path, and it wrecked havoc in um, in the Transformers movie. And to put a button on it, it was voice voiced by Orson 
Wells in what I believe was his last official role, <laughs> and it was great. And the new uh, monstrosity of that poster, whether it be the new Death Star or Starkiller base or one and the same, it absolutely looks like Unicron. It really, really does. It's pretty fascinating to me. Good call, Matt. Good call. That is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. My voice is going. You guys have been great to sit through it with me. I want to thank you all. I want to get, thank again Darren and Misty Height sending in a care package to me. You can find me on Facebook on my professional page. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Napsock, on Instagram, on uh, Periscope as well, though I don't Periscope as much. And, of course, please do me a favor of doing these things. If you enjoy what we're going on, got going here so far on the Force Center podcast feed, follow us at Force Center Pod. And as always, if you have a question for Spotlight Star Wars, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, and we will have a conversation about Star Wars. That is all. I'm going to go read some more Star Wars comics and enjoy a lazy Saturday. Thank you all. This has been Spotlight Star Wars, and may that Force thing kind of always sort of remain around you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.